ABC Tonight. My name is Daniel Garcia. I worked at my family's bakery. My life used to be pretty normal until I met Noah Hamilton. That's when everything changed. My brother and the most famous woman in the world. Sometimes two unlikely ingredients. There is something about him. Make the most amazing combination. I just want to make sure you know what you're signing up for. I know that my life can get pretty crazy. I think I could do a little crazy. The Baker and the Beauty series premiere tonight, 10, 9 central on ABC. Right? Father, thank you for the blessing of tonight. Guide us by your mighty spirit into all that is your will. We are grateful in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, thank you, Bishop Kakra, for this privilege to be here tonight. Amen. I believe, I want to salute all the pastors who have been speaking, Bishop Harris and all the other bishops and pastors. God bless you all. It's good to see you. Thank you for your wonderful messages. As you know, everything is on Facebook Live, so whilst, when we are not here, we are watching. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, I believe uh, this is a good general conference. And I want to just share for just about 20 minutes, and then we'll be closing. Amen. How many of us know that we are fighting something? Whether you are seeing the things you are fighting or not, you are fighting. And there are things that you have to fight in order to achieve great things for the Lord. Amen. And our vision in the church is attempt great things for God. At least we should try to do something great for the Lord. Amen. Amen. So from my book, A Good General, where is it? Yeah. Um, I know many of us don't really read much. You know? Um... I'm prophesying now. I'm seeing into the spirit. I'm telling you. But it will do you a lot of good to read. There are some books you'll be better off reading than even hearing uh, preaching from. And this is one of those type of books. It's better to read it than to listen to preaching about it. There's a reason for that. Because you, you need to understand the topic. And uh, you need understanding. Let's look at Mark chapter 6. And this is going to be short. And I want you to remember to get the book and read. Amen. Mark 6 verse 2. When the Sabbath day was come, he, he began to teach in the synagogue... And many hearing him were astonished, all right, saying, from whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? So 
in this scripture, you see that Jesus was filled with the wisdom of God. All right? And the people marveled and they said, what wisdom is this? That such mighty works, mighty works are done by his hand. So mighty works are a fruit of wisdom. All right? Now wisdom, you know, to, to, to simplify it, wisdom is the way you think. How you think, you see, and how you think and what you think about something that is placed before you is your wisdom. That's all. That's, how, that's your wisdom. So if you have an African leader and he's faced with an undeveloped forest and he's given an ocean, He's given animals. He's given wild animals. He's given rivers, lakes. Usually, in Africa, the African leader thinks in a certain way. Now, the way he thinks leads to what he has. Okay? So that's what Jesus was, what what they were saying about Jesus. What wisdom is this? That such mighty works are done. Now, if you look at the way we think, many in many places, many African countries, it the way we think leads to shabbiness, filth, underdevelopment, poverty, backwardness, continuously, no matter. What reason you want to give? It's, it is, you, you can't blame. In fact, in Ghana, we've stopped mentioning colonial, colonial masters and we've stopped saying it in the news. Because it's been it's too long now. You, you can't, I mean, some excuses have, have expired as being the reason why there's no road, let's say, between here and Kumasi. It's, it's, it's overdue. The, 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 the reason has expired in its power. Everything has an expiry date, including such excuses. You get it? Now, if you put an, another kind of person where there are the same conditions, the person thinks in a certain way, and that way the person thinks creates prosperity. Okay? So, you may disregard wisdom or think that, oh, it's just Wisdom is to be clever. No, no. You'll be surprised that groups of people have the same wisdom. People actually think the same depending on the group they are in. If you go to Haiti, you would think that I mean, all the African countries, you think we've had a meeting. <laughs> no, seriously. You, you would think that maybe we've had a meeting. And we've decided that we will use barrels as the border. Every border will be made of barrels. Yes. You think that there's been a meeting to decide that there should be no roads apart from the main road. And even the main road. 
These are main roads. I don't know if you watch these things. There is no fake news in this one. It's all reality. Those of you who know, you can see. So it is as though there's been a plan that everybody under us should be poor, except those who can break through. And it is the way we think. You see, you will not know till you ever sit in a committee. I've been privileged to sit on a number of boards and committees. And it's when I sit at committee meetings or board meetings that I realize how people think. And I realize what generates poverty. But it's the way the people think and the way they intend to solve the problem is the reason why things either are not done or are done very badly. So when I, when I come here telling you or sharing with you that the, a good general is worth reading to receive wisdom to fight and overcome many things that we are fighting, you may think that it's just, oh, somebody is saying something about wisdom. But no, wisdom is the way you think. And if you can change the way you think and the way you respond. You see, for instance, I, I don't believe we need anybody really to help us to do anything. Even the people we go and beg for money, they even don't think we need anything from them. So they stop giving. Because Nigeria was a very nice country till they found oil. Yes. The oil has destroyed Nigeria. You, you, so that you think that if I pour gold on you, it rain gold on you, you everything will be okay. It's not true. <laughs> it's not true. But we found oil. Have we not found oil again? Yes. For some years now, eh? Yes. We've been pulling out the oil for some years. I don't know if you can feel the difference. <laughs> so, um, you, you, you must believe me when I say that the way you think is really affecting you and that wisdom is a master key to mighty works. Mighty works. What wisdom is this that mighty works are done? The wisdom leads to mighty works. Luke 11, verse 52. Beautiful. What does it say? Woe unto you, lawyers. Hmm? Woe unto you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. The what? The key of knowledge. You entered in not yourselves, and them that were entering in, you hindered. So here you see that knowledge is called a key. So that means that when you know certain things, 
you have the key to certain doors. And when you don't know, you do not have the key. And you will not go through the door. And those rooms will be cut off from you. So knowledge is a key to a place you want to go to. So believe me, believe me. I don't know where, what your aim is in ministry, but for me, you know, I'm, tra- I'm a trained doctor. I didn't come into ministry for any other reason, not, not for a job at least. At least not a job. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I want to attempt to do great things for God. That's, that's, I want to attempt to do great things for God. Yeah. And to be able to open the doors to what I need, I will definitely believe when Jesus says, you have taken away the key. The key. If I'm doing something you are not doing, I have a key you don't have. The rooms that I go to, I have a key. You to the rooms you go to, you have a key. I don't have the key. So we all have keys to rooms which somebody doesn't have. Jesus, remember what Jesus said to me? I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Our kingdom is a kingdom of keys. It's a kingdom of keys. Yes, it's a kingdom which has keys. It's not just doorless. You know, there are some houses without doors. You just flow seamlessly from room to room. Have you been in such a house before? No. Okay, me too. I haven't. (laughs) Wow. So, you, you drive by a house, beautiful house. You want the key to the house? Jesus is telling us that there are, there in the kingdom, our kingdom, the kingdom Jesus has given to us, has keys. Well, that's why he told you, Peter, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Oh, he didn't say that. Then, so what is the key? Now he's giving you the key, okay? And he says, woe to you lawyers, you have taken the key. Of what? Knowledge. So knowledge is a key. All right? Now, I have been in many meetings and I've seen great people like Benihin, Yonggi Cho. I mean, anybody you can think is a great person. They all come and stand there. We sit down, we listen to them and all that. What I realize people don't realize is that that person has a key that you don't have. That's why you are sitting down and he's the one talking. You get what I'm saying? That person has a key that you don't have. And that key the person has is some knowledge and some wisdom. So your duty is to try to get the knowledge that the person has. You know, if you take somebody like Catherine Kuhlman, I really wanted to follow her, but the Lord told me not to follow her and follow Benny Hinn, rather, in terms of the miracle ministry. And um, she, the, the sad thing about Catherine Kuhlman, she, she didn't write any books. She didn't write any book. And she didn't allow cameras in her meetings. So there are two times that there were cameras, I think, she did it in Oral Roberts University and in Las Vegas. 
the cameras were there. I don't think she wanted, she wanted, but I don't know how they got there. Those are the only two services filmed. The rest, no filming. But the miracles. A doctor took up the personal task of writing a book about her miracles, which he followed with scans and medical tests. And I have the book. You see the x-rays. You see the scans. You see the deviation of the arteries from the cancer. The the cancer is here. The artery is coming down. Because of the cancer, the artery goes like this and turns like this and comes around the cancer. You see the cancer dissolving one month, one year, two years. The artery that is turned like this becomes straight and becomes straight. And the the cancer is gone. It's fantastic. But she never wrote a book. She knew something that people who were watching her just didn't know. You have to believe it. You have to believe it. You see, if you don't, otherwise everything looks far and impossible to get to. So what you have to tell yourself is, when there are such great things, what is it that I don't know? What is the key that is just not with me that I could have? And if I had the key, I could go into those doors. Receive that key in Jesus' name. Right. So now I've almost finished my message. Like I told you, it's very short. Amen. Psalm 104, verse 24. Psalm 104, verse 24. What does it say? Oh Lord, how manifold are thy works? Or how many are thy works? Your works are plenty. Isn't it? In wisdom, thou hast made them all. In what? Wisdom, thou hast made them all. Your wisdom has made all the great works. So the God we are following is a God who does mighty and great things through wisdom and through knowledge. You may not believe it, but it is true. So over the years, you see, any, you know, my daughter recently told me that uh, she told me JSS is good. I said, really? What is good about it? She said, all the problems in Ghana are taught in JSS. Yes. JSS. And then she said, all the solutions are also taught. Yes. And she started to list. She said, we were watching the news. She said, Daddy, all these things are taught in school. Why? Uh, maybe there's a problem. Uh, whatever. And then she said, all the problems. She said, the answers are all the same. It's taught in social. She said, the answers, why we have the problem, what we need, lack of resources. She said, number one, lack of resources, lack of education, lack of money. Lack, yes, many, she started to re- release all that. We know all. Even taught at JSS, amazing. She started to rattle, lack of education, educate the people, uh, uh, give uh, resources, loans, lack of loans, this. I mean, so many things. It's the solution. These 
Things are known, but still there is no change. <laughs> yes. So wisdom is another definition of wisdom. How you think or how you use what you know. So I know is this, but so what will I do next? Yes. Wow. And you would think that we have met and agreed to do things in a particular way. <laughs> you know, sometimes when I'm driving in any, any country in Africa, I tell the people, everybody, close your eyes like this. So that you don't see the car. Then I say, look out of the window. Look out of the window. Where are you? And everybody is able to mention a part of a crowd that we are in. <laughs> yes, everywhere. <laughs> Just close your eyes like this and look. Where are we? So, Mamobi, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Kaneshi, where are we? Everywhere. It's as if all the African leaders have met and agreed that this is how our countries will be. So, you see, it is a certain way of doing things, a certain way of thinking, a certain way of processing things. And one of the ways is don't read. Yes. Don't read. You see the material that you not read. So I know what he knows. I know what he knows. It is because you don't know what the person knows. That's why you are where you are. It's true. It's true. What a blessing. Now, let me give you master keys in your war. And I'm just going to give them, and you have to read it to understand it better. To, to win your war, number one, maintenance of the aim. Maintenance of the aim. That is chapter 8. Selection and maintenance of the aim. Selection and maintenance of the aim in the good general. Look, maintain your aim for being in the ministry. Don't always analyze why are you in the ministry. Are you here for money? If you are here for money, see me after church so that I show you a good business. You cannot be in the ministry for the wrong reason. So if you want to be in the ministry, be in your calling. And I was surprised to find British Army. My book is based on little research that I did, British Army. I found that these are the most powerful army, British Army, American, Chinese, Russian. These are the powerful armies in the world. You know, all of them in the school when they teach them. Principle number one, America has 10 principles you learn in the war school. One, for Britain, for America, for Russia, all, is this principle. Select and maintain your aim. It's number one for fighting. (laughs) Select your... 
You see pastors today, you wonder whether we are banks, bank managers, or we are in a university. Teaching, everyday teaching about money. Everyday teaching about prosperity. Jesus hasn't called us to be money preachers. You are in error, my friend. In the last days, many are going to come and say, gain is godliness. From such, turn away. Don't listen to such messages and don't preach like that. Christianity is not about money. And ministry is not about getting money. If you want to be in the ministry, maintain the aim of your coming into the ministry. Maintain the aim. It is chapter whatever. Selection and maintenance of the aim. I have prospered far more by maintaining my aim. Yes, I've prospered far. You not you not see me doing business. Even to rent a house, I say no, I'm not interested in that. This pure ministry. Yes. You see today, no, don't don't bother. Think of yourself. Think of yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let us ask ourselves, let us ask ourselves, what are we here for? What are you doing? You want to be in the ministry or you want to be a businessman? Or you want to be a politician? Yes. Select your aim and maintain your aim. Principle number one. I, I, I didn't even understand it. Because I was wondering why all the armies have this as number one. Why? But it's true. This is what has destroyed the church. You wonder why a pastor is preaching. Now they don't do altar calls. Now you don't know how to preach about salvation. Give me my book. Who is helping me there? Take my, how to preach salvation. The green one. Yeah. Color green. How to preach salvation. One of my fathers salvation. Pastors don't know how to preach salvation. This book is on how to preach salvation through Jesus Christ. Not, not any professorial subject. Not uh, Aaron's beard or Aaron's uh, clothes. Salvation through Jesus Christ. Our pastors don't know how to preach it. And we have deviated so far from the purpose of Christianity and of ministry, it makes you poor. If you want to see a group of beggars, people begging all the time on television, go to the Christian television. Always asking for money, begging, give money, bring money, we need money, big money. The pastors have become some of the biggest begging groups you can ever find. You don't like my... I will, I will go... You don't look like... I'm just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go into all the world and preach the gospel. It has not changed. When you, go, when, you, when you join the army, one of the words you hear is orders. Orders. Orders are not changed. Orders are to be followed until there is a contrary order. Or until a senior person of authority gives another order 
the order which is given is to be followed without thinking. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. The Holy Spirit will come on you. You will receive power and you will be witnesses of Christ. That is the reason why the Holy Spirit... You see pastors today talking, you wonder which spirit they are having. The Holy Spirit makes you a soul winner. Go and read your Bible. Acts 1.8, you receive power and you will be witness. Not money, preaching prosperity, you will get money, receive a house, receive car, receive all these things. Look, you see, you, you have to be careful. You have to be careful. What is the reason for what we are doing? No, seriously. What are all these? You receive power when the Holy Spirit came. When the Holy Spirit came, uh, what happened? 3,000 salvations, pure salvations. Pure salvation, 3,000. Within a few days, another 5,000. Pure salvation. By Acts uh, uh, 11, there were, the whole city was coming to the church from the presence of the Holy Spirit. You see people say they have the Holy Spirit. One day God told me, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's another spirit. In the church. I, I saw a vision of church with hands lifted up. He told me, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's just another spirit. Holy Spirit, then you are talking of salvation. You don't know how even to preach salvation. I question the spirit that you are moving with. It's the spirit of the world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. The flesh, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the, the desire for riches. Ah! Maybe it's good I came at the end. (laughs) Anyway, so maintenance of the aim. Number two. Fantastic. I'm giving you some keys to fight. A good general knows how to overcome stalemates. Stalemates. Superior enemies. And stalemates. And the story in the book is um, David and Goliath. They have been standing there for a long time. Nobody's going forward. Nobody is going backwards. In your life and your ministry, many of us have reached a stalemate. You can't press forward. You can't move. What you, you see, in, in church growth, you can get to a barrier of 100 members. You can't cross. 200, you can't cross. 500 people, you can't cross. Finances cannot make it. You cannot start a branch. Nothing. You can't move. That's a stalemate. So if you have the time to read the book, you'll see many stalemates in the past, especially in the conquest of Constantinople. It is a city that stood there for 1,000 years. Nobody was able to enter because of the walls about 20 kilometers of walls around. Very high. The walls like a house. Nobody could break through. But someone came 
after a thousand years and was able to break through. So I came to prophesy concerning an area of stalemate where you have met a superior enemy and you are at a standstill in your life and your ministry. There is a master key to overcome the stalemate and the superior enemy that is standing before you in the name of Jesus. So stalemates are caused by higher enemies. You see, Goliath was high and very big for uh, David. It was too much, and he was stuck. But then came a young man with a different approach. You get what I'm saying? Yes. So, for instance, the man who helped to overcome the wall of Constantinople, he came up with a new type of... um, ballistic weapon that throws huge stones, huge balls at the wall and broke a huge section of the wall. But it took three hours to reload. So by the time they break it, they build it again. <laughs> so, but it was still faster and better. And they came up with several ways, new ideas to overcome. Listen, a stalemate cannot be overcome with the same idea that you've been working with for a long time. That's not working. That's, that's the master key. You now need a new approach because an enemy that has been, you see the guy, Goliath was standing there. Nobody, he was so big, but we needed something that he was maybe not expecting. Another way now, when I look at, for instance, the methods that we use in the, in the nation to build roads, to build this, to build... You can see that the same way will not work. I mean, because it hasn't worked. It's been 60 years. I think we are independent for how many years now? 61 years. And still, there's no link between Accra and Kumasi like a tar road. Seriously. So, it's a stalemate. So, you need a, another wisdom. You get it? Introduce something new. So you have to ask yourself, what new thing can I introduce? And what new idea, brand new, completely different way of going about the same thing. But you see, somebody defined madness as continuing to do what you've been doing that has not been working for a long time and continuing to do that is equal to madness. I didn't know, I didn't learn that in medical school, you know. And expecting a different result. Yes. So today God is saying to you that there is a master method. Key. Brand new. Maybe nobody will expect you to think like that. Or you to do that. Yeah. You know, one day a, a pastor, friend of mine, I didn't know him then. You know, he, he in his church... He had, uh, what do you call it? Always people dis- disloyal, breaking the church. And this was in the UK. So his church grow and divide, people scatter and all that. And the only program that he knew how to have was Holy Ghost Convention of Power, Miracles, Signs and Wonders. You get what I'm saying? Are you still around? I mean, with 
blowing of wind, handkerchiefs, oil, mantles, everything. And he, oh, when he had this program, a lot of people come. And the church will be breaking still. After people come and they go, then people divide. This one is going, taking this group. So somebody told him, gave him a suggestion. He said, I have a friend who has a medicine for this problem that you are experiencing. And he said, what is that? He said, his name is Bishop Dark. He was Mills. <laughs> yeah. But you see, I didn't know him. I was, I'm not, I was not even in his circles. I was not even in his circles. So he decided out of the blue to just invite me. And at that time, I was much more invitable than I am now. Not, not that I don't go, but it's just the time. It's not, not that I can't go, but it's the time. So he invited me. And I went. No oil. No wind. No apparent power. I, I went to teach about loyalty. And he invited me again and again. All the orangus vanished from the church. Yes, they were sprayed. And his church stabilized in a way. He's always grateful. He's always grateful. Yes, it's amazing. He's always grateful. You know, and then his instrumentalists, they were charging so much to play. You know, don't pay instrumentalists to play your instruments. There's no need. You know, you do it from your heart, isn't it, guys? Yeah. You do it from your heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from your heart. He told me that he was paying at the time um, something like 2,000 pounds or 3,000 pounds every month to these guys to play. Da, 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 da. So when I preached, it just, I was one of the things, and I, told, I said, oh, don't have to pay such people. You should teach the young people in the church to play for the glory of God. All the people can play. So when I left, he called and said, you know, I can't pay you again. They all left. There was nobody to play. Sunday, they sang a cappella. <laughs> a cappella. Yeah. And then he raised children. And you know, the other time he was telling me, he, he, we, were, we were calculating. It was now eight years since I had told him. And he was calculating so many hundreds of thousands of pounds that have been saved by that one decision. To do a new, bring a new idea and try something new. He said, now I have teams of musicians. They are all waiting to play. But there is no space for them. Free of charge. Everybody is playing from the heart and everybody is playing for the glory of God. Yes. You see, my father went to school in Sierra Leone and he told me that his guardian, he, he was in Furabe College and he was in school, there, I think high school, and he said his guardian would not pay for him to play piano, two shillings. I don't know if it's a lot of money in two shillings. You don't shillings anymore. Yeah, but those two shillings. I always remember my father said, two shillings. He wouldn't pay for me to play piano. So my father made all of us play piano. And I make all the children in the church play piano. Every church has piano lessons after church on Sunday. It's standard. All the children, 
Learn it. All of them will play instruments. They will be musicians. They will always stay in church. It's a new idea. Uh, it's, a, it's a way to overcome superior enemies and stalemates. So I don't know what superior enemy you've met, but I prophesy that God is going to give you a new way to fight. You know, the day that David came, uh, Goliath was not expecting to die on that day. <laughs> when he saw the small boy, he said, ah, what chicken is this? But you see, it was a new idea that was being released against him. And that was the end of him. Number three. A good general is unpredictable. Yeah. Unpredictable. John 3 verse 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth. And thou hearest the sound, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now, a person born of the Spirit, you cannot tell where he's coming and where he's going. Not the Holy Spirit, though. The person who is born of the Spirit is the one you can't tell where he's coming and where he's going. Do you know why we are able to catch snakes? Or why we catch lions? Because they are so predictable. They always go out in the night at the same time and they walk in the same place and they do the same things. All wild animals behave exactly in the same way. That's why we hunt them successfully. Once, one day I watched a documentary of a man who was looking for a, 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 what do you call it? A king cobra. He went through the forest with his video. He'll be walking, he said, there'll be a snake here. you go right there. You, move the, you see a snake coming out. Then you walk in and say, there'll be a snake here. They know exactly where everybody is because they always do the same things. <laughs> now, God has called you to be supernatural. Now, to be supernatural means you are led by the Spirit. Yes. You are led by the Spirit. Doing everything the same every day, the same one, two, three, four, five. You can't tell. You see, look at me. I was calling on. The next moment I was at the Kodesh. The next moment I left the Kodesh. I said, okay, bye-bye. I'm going to do crusade for 10 years. Almost 10 years. Then suddenly I said, I'm starting a church. Not with grown-ups, with children. I have children. My church has 6,000 chairs. We have 7,000 from next week. 7,000 chairs. They are all full with children. Yes, outside, fully. I've left the Kodesh. You can't tell what I'm going to do next, but not that to be an orangu. Not to be an orangu. That is not what I mean by unpredictable. Ask your neighbor, do you know what is orangu? The man said, orangu, orangu. Do you know what is orangu? <laughs> orangu is a pet word for disloyalty and confucianist, treacherous people, people who break away sport churches and all those type of people. I hope you are not one of such characters. You get it? You must be led by this. That's why miracles stop happening. Because they are expecting you to pray for the sick at this very moment. And everybody has folded his hand and said, today there will be no miracle. Because they know that's exactly when you pray for the sick. Yeah. But as you flow with the spirit, it's almost not able to tell what is going on next. Within the scheme of things. Yes. The devil knows exactly what you are going to, be, to do. He says, you do this, you do this, 
you do this. And when the spirit leads you, there are some people, if we are taking an offering now, you won't give. The devil knows you won't give. No, he knows you won't give. You will never give. I mean, because it's predictable that you will not give. Yes. One day something was supposed to be given to me. I was about to preach. I was lying behind the stage. And then I suddenly saw an angel holding a lamp. The lamp was skinned and the skin of the lamp was white. You know how it is when you remove the yeah, feathers, the fur. And the angel presented to me and said, that, that's a lamb, that's a sacrifice. And then the, the Lord said to me, sacrifice what is for you. Give it out, give it away. Don't, don't take it. Oh yes, I remember, I was about to preach. I was lying down on my couch. I was waiting to go into the service. They were singing. And then he said to me, don't take it. Don't take it. Don't receive it. Don't have it. Give it up. Give it to the church. Yes. One who is born of the spirit is led by the... You can't tell exactly what the person is going to do in the sense that the spirit can lead him in any way. The spirit is leading him. Yes. The other day I went to to a program and then I saw um, Prophet... He came to see me off to the car. I was, I, I was sitting in the car. I've never used the car. That was the first time. When he came to see me off and he stood and said, Baba. Then the spirit spoke to him and said, why don't you give him this n- nice new car? I said, really? This is the first time we, we, are, we are using it. It, looks ni- it will look nice for him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> When the spirit can never speak to you, you become like an animal. You are very predictable. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. This is what you do. This is what you do. Like I said, there are some people, ask for giving, they will not give. I mean, like you know they will not give. Predictable. Yes. They, yes, it will be one CD. It will be ten CDs. It's a standard. The person can preach about even eternity. It will be the one city. <laughs> it's true. Now, when I use this example, don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about Hitler. Hitler killed or caused the death of 50 million people. But sometimes you, you, you see an example and you can learn from it. That's why Jesus said, I will come as a thief in the night. It doesn't, it's not supporting stealing. It's not supporting stealing. But it's using the thief as a way for you to understand. But it's not saying steal or I am now a, a thief. I hope you get what I'm saying. So Hitler was very unpredictable. And that's actually... He survived 42 attempts on his life. Yeah. 42 times they tried to assassinate him. Each time it didn't work. It was only when he himself took his gun to shoot himself that it worked. Nobody's gun could work on him. Yeah. Because one, the most classic one, there was a pillar. There's this hall, beer hall. They call it a beer hall where they sit to drink. 
And that's where he, he grew up, and that's where he, he was making speeches. And he used to give a speech there every year. And this year he came. Where the podium was, there was a pillar there. But a man had come, I think, from Switzerland and had worked in the hall and cracked a space in the pillar and put a bomb there with a timer. They knew exactly when Hitler would speak, exactly how long he speaks and everything. And he had put the timer there, put it there. So when you come and you search and you scan the room, it wasn't because it was hidden and sealed. The man had done a beautiful job. That day, Hitler stood there, he speak, he was standing by the pillar. About eight people died in the bomb. Exactly eight minutes into the speaking, he said, I'm not, okay, bye-bye. And then he walked away. When he left and went out, a few minutes later, there was a huge explosion. All the people in the front died. Yes. Time and time and time again. Sometimes you take a train, sometimes he lives in the mountain, sometimes he lives in Berlin, sometimes he lives near uh, uh, Ukraine. When you go to Ukraine, you see his house there, his underground office there. He can't know what, what he's doing. So, familiarity is what is more powerful against the anointing than anything. Familiarity, we know you, we know you. <laughs> Jesus couldn't operate. Where the people have a mind, this man is like this. What is he coming to say? He will say this, he will say this, he will say this, and he will say this. We know him. <laughs> familiarity killed anointing. Nothing could kill anointing. No witch, no wizard, no juju, only familiarity. The people looking at us, we know you, we know your father, we know this, we know your messages. These are your messages. One, two, three, four. And it killed the anointing. Mark 6, verse 4. Jesus could not do miracles there where they had thought about him in that way. So, a good general is not predictable because he's led by the Spirit. I'm almost done. Beautiful. Are you still there? And then, a good general is worth 10,000 men. Yeah. 10,000 men. Second Samuel chapter 18, verse 3. Thou art worth 10,000 of us. Now, you must value leadership. Why? If you don't value leadership, you see, what you value is what you want to be. If I'm a good leader and you value me, it means you want to be a good leader. <laughs> so when you don't value it, you don't get what you, what you don't value. Like rich people. We should value rich people. We shouldn't drive them away. When you drive away rich people, it's not a good thing. You shouldn't frighten them away. Countries where they frighten them away, they just move to another country. And they go and do their rich things there. So, what you value, it comes near you. And you actually learn from something you value. Are you with me? Yeah. Now, if you read some of the banks, how much they pay their MDs and the end of year bonus, they can pay in my book, you see the figures there. $18 million, 
end of year. $15 million. $50 million. You can read it in the book. Because they value a person who can make the bank work. And you change the person, the whole bank can collapse. Yes. Everything can go down. Now, there are places where they don't value leaders. So when David was going to fight, they told him, please, we beg you, you are worth 10,000 of us. If you step out, if something happens to you, we are done. So when you value, you see, I value Yongicho. I value Benihin. I value leaders and anointed people. By valuing them, that's what I mean. I don't value princes and princesses. Meghan, Michael, it's not so valuable to me. When they marry, it's, it's, it's nice. I watch it. I mean, it's fine. But it's not something I'm aiming for. Uh-huh. They didn't invite me to the wedding. And I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not aiming to be a king or a queen or to have all these things. Yes. You know, what is valuable to me is what I'm valuing Placing value on admiring and going near to. Those of you who stay far from the anointing, far from leadership, it's not, it's not a good thing. You must value it. So not only value, when you value something and you see it as great, you protect it and you actually start learning from it. Yes. That's why it's a very bad thing for us to mistreat somebody who has been a president of the country before. Yes. You have to value them. Whatever they did or didn't do, they have been our leaders before. You know? So when you value and you honor leadership, you start to admire it, you start to go near, you start to learn. How many things I can tell you I have learned from people that I have valued? You can't learn from somebody you don't value. Yes, you never learn. Those who don't value me, they despise me. So they don't learn anything from me. So don't mind him, it's whatever. And it's, years ago, I used to talk about loans. Don't take loans, don't do this. People despise me. They don't learn anything from me. They didn't value what I was saying. So learn to value leaders. Especially a person whom God is bringing into your life. The more you value the person, the more the person is preserved for you. And the more you value the person, the more people around will also learn to value you. The more you build value into yourself. It's true. Watch out. You see, when you see people, you know, recently Bishop Oyedepo came to Ghana. He was in a stadium. And I went there. There were no, I mean, there were pastors and so on there. But I realized that a very great person was with us, but maybe was not valued by those of us where he came to visit. As much as I think maybe it was so great to me. Somebody who has got 400,000 people attending his church in the morning. Do you understand 400,000 people? I'm not talking about Members, I'm talking about attendance on Sunday morning. To me, it's a great person. You get it? Who is a great person to you? Usually, you are likely to learn from somebody you've placed high. 
If somebody is low to you, don't learn anything from you. When you place the person high, you start to learn from the person. Because the water falls from up down. So when you equalize the soul, we are all the same. But you are a pastor, I'm a pastor. You preach, I preach. But what you may not realize is that I am working in one of my churches. I'm working in one of my churches. <laughs> yeah, I'm just working in one of my churches. So when you don't value something, it never appeals to you and you never receive anything from it. Recently, my son on my birthday, he gave me a book. If I show you the book, you will. When he gave it to me, I held it. I said, wow, this is a great treasure. Because the book was an original book printed by William Carey 200 years ago. And the book was entitled um, An Inquiry into the obligations of Christians to reach out to the heathen of the world. It, it, it looks like a but when he gave it to me, it was, I said, wow, this is a great treasure. Because William Carey is a great person to me. But he may not be a great person to you. That's why you don't receive anything from him. <laughs> it's nothing to you. You get what I'm saying? It's only the people that are great to you that you, you receive anything from. And that is why you see, in, in Singapore, when the, the Lee Kuan Yew became the president, he said, look, the best people in the country... They don't want to do politics. He said it. The best people that we need, they don't want to do politics. Because when you do politics, you can never be, you can never be rich or be paid like a businessman. So he decided that he's going to make politics something that when you do, you'll be paid as if you are a businessman. So that he can get the best quality people to rule Singapore. What was his policy? I, I watched him saying it. And he did it. A new idea, you see. <laughs> he did it. And Singapore, he, he, he turned it into the richest country in the world. Go and see. Yeah. Go and see. Singapore. Very, very rich. A church about this size, or maybe the middle here, okay, let's say like here. You take an offering, you'll get. $100,000, just evening offering. Yeah. That's a kind of... I mean, if I take an offering here, I don't know how many $100,000 I get. It's just a small. I know what I'm talking about. So, when you value people, eh, they come near you. Yeah, and you start to receive from them. So, a good general, yes... A good general is worth 10,000. Amen. And we are ending. Fight with technology. Fight with technology. 
Proverbs 8 verse 12. I wisdom, I dwell with prudence. And I find out knowledge of witty inventions. Use technology. God spoke to me, use technology. I can give you a testimony, but I won't give it. How great technology has changed my ministry. Yes. I don't mean internet. I mean technology. Number seven. Fight by building. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 14. There was a city, and there came a great king, and he besieged it and built. Ecclesiastes 9, 14. Beautiful. That's the last point I want to make. Fight by building. Let us fight by building. God is going to use us to fight. Julius Caesar... How many have heard of Julius Caesar? Yeah, do you know actually who Julius Caesar was fighting with most of the time? He was fighting with the Gauls, who were the French. Yeah. But one day I read a story about how he fought, and I actually watched a video on it, where he encircled a city called Alicia. You know, he built 11 kilometers, 11 miles wall around them. Because they were so fierce. So he decided to fight them by building a wall around them. Hmm? What do you think? <laughs> now, that's how he fought them. He fought them by building a wall 11 miles, which is about 16 kilometers, round the entire city. The, the goals, they were inside. Then they started to try to break out. So you know what he did? He built another wall around the wall. kilometers around the city of Alicia. And he fought them by building the wall. They sent messengers for people to come and he himself stayed in between the two walls. That's where he was staying himself. He surrounded them. They had no life, no water, no food. Just by building. After some time, when they knew there was no hope, they sent all the women and children. When Julius Caesar received them, said, out. They sent them out of the, to the outside, the second wall. Go out. We are waiting for the soldiers. And eventually, there was no hope. And the commander, Visero Geriatric something, he came out and they executed him. That was it. So he fought by building. God has given me that vision to fight by building. That's why you see that I'm building all the time. Orangusen, you see, they can take your church members away, but they can't easily take the building away. Yeah. When there is a building, you see that they cannot easily scatter the church. Look at Methodist, Anglican, Catholic. A lot of charismatic pastors, we feel that we are anointed and so on. So, oh, we have this, this, there's no spirit there. We have the anointing here. We have the, if you are anointed your spirit, they have the buildings there. And you are not your spirit has not been able to take away their members. Their churches are full. Pastors who don't speak in tongues are pastoring people, thousands, within their walls. You in your classroom and your tent. And your spirit and your anointing. You are not able to, <laughs> to take them out with your oil and your mantles and your wind that you are blowing. Go and see all our senior brothers in the orthodox. Full. 
Full. All their churches are full. Because you can't come. The church with the most buildings in Ghana is Church of Pentecost, 2,500 buildings. The second church is Presbyterian Church, 2,000, about 2,100 church buildings. Presby is the oldest church. Before you come down to Catholic, about 1,500. Before you come down, and down, 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 before we are also down there. But we are coming, we are also building, we are fighting by building. Like Julius Caesar, we are building, we are building. Hey! I'm always encouraging my, my pastors. I say, build. But a certain great king came and built. When you are a great king, you build things. Yeah. You know, it's as if African leaders have met to decide that we won't build. We shall build any road. No, no railway. No big houses. No two-story buildings. Only grass buildings. As if we've had a meeting. But I'm having a meeting with you to tell you that. Fight, even fight poverty by building. When you build, it's not easy to be poor, I tell you. It's not, after you've built real buildings, it's not easy to be poor again. Even if you want to be poor and the poverty is coming, you see that it can't easily come. When you dissolve one of your buildings, you see that your prosperity has returned. Receive the anointing to fight poverty by building in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. Fight poverty. Fight poverty in your old age. Fight poverty in your middle age. By building. If I had known this wisdom key when I was in school, I would have bought land at Spintex. All this place was a forest. Oh, here was a forest. Here it was animals. Animals were moving here freely. One land for 1,200 cities. But we didn't know this wisdom. But now God is showing you something. You can fight by building, 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 building. Put something there. Put something there. That's why we are building everywhere. This church here is building Sierra Leone. Liberia, I think 11 buildings. Banga, Ganta, Zwedru, Kakata, Buchanan, all we are building. And the money is coming from here. Because we've taken a decision that we will build. We haven't met, decide not to build. <laughs> Give me my book, How to Neutralize Curses. You know, Pastor Muhammad, he was telling me. You know, one pastor told, one, one guy told me, he said, Bishop, I don't know whether I believe what you've written. But he traveled somewhere when he came. I said, I believe everything now that you've written. <laughs> you, you haven't traveled, that is why. This book, How to Neutralize Care. Take your time to read the key of knowledge. One of the curses you see harm is that you don't build. Yes, you don't build. And that is why we are building. Building. Fight by building. Pastor Mohammed was telling me he went to Haiti. Haiti. 1803. They have been independent since 1803. It's as if we've decided from 1803 that we will not build anything in the world. Hey. 
<laughs> Bishop Kakra says it's a WhatsApp group where we've decided not to build. <laughs> no development. Fight by building. I, I'm prophesying to somebody. I say, fight by building. Fight poverty by building. Fight by building. Yeah. That was the strategy of Julius Caesar. He just built a wall around his enemies. And then when they tried to break through, he built a second wall and went to stay in between the two walls. <laughs> he was very wicked, though. Julius Caesar, I tell you, I don't know whether you learned it in poetry or literature. It's a very He could call it called decimation. Decimation means one to ten. When you are number ten, you are dead. They use a nail to nail your head. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Then you're out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. When, when there's a punishment for the soldiers, he just can't. One, two, that's decimation. No decim, de, uh, decim, decim, yeah, it's a ten a point. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, ten, ten, all you come out. You finish. It's a punishment, like to discipline the whole army. So you have to pray you are standing at where it will not be ten. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, he was very hard. He's the one who made, you see, before the Romans were all lay armies. They were all lay armies. When he came, he made a professional army. He said, no, my soldiers are not serious unless they are paid. He made from lay to full time fighting Julius Caesar. And he fought by building. It's one of my chapters. Fight by building. Fight poverty by building. Fight orangus by building. When they are even going, go. We are here in the building. When the members follow you to the classroom, they realize, ah, we have a nice church building for our weddings and our whatever. There. Why are we following you to this wooden structure? Before I realize, they are back. <laughs> Fight by building. Yes. Fight by. Fight your future disasters. And difficulties by building. Fight by building. Yes. It's a key. Overcome superior enemies. Believe God. A new idea, a new way God is showing you. Maintain your aim. Maintain the aim. I don't know what is the aim. You came around. Maintain it. God is giving you a great victory. Lift your hands. Father, thank you for your blessing. In the name of Jesus, we give you thanks. We give you praise. Father, I thank you for everyone here. Thank you for this good general conference. Thank you for calling us to serve you. I pray for every hand that is lifted up here, Lord. Bless us, Lord. Bless us with the grace to fight. To fight the enemy, to fight higher enemies, Lord. Things that we met that are ancient enemies that are that have given us a stalemate in our lives. Thank you for victory over all forms of darkness. From all enemies, Lord. Bring everyone who has shifted from the original aims back to the original aims. Cause us to maintain the vision that you gave to us. Now receive the grace to fight by building. Receive the grace to fight with technology. 
Receive the grace to fight superior enemies. Receive the grace to fight stalemates. Every barrier that has held you for years, you are breaking out of it tonight in Jesus' name. Every church growth barrier that has limited you to a certain level of church work, receive grace to break out now in Jesus' name. Become a good general. Become a good fighter. Begin to dodge the enemy. And begin to outthink and outmaneuver all forms of enemies against your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. I prophesy against dragons and serpents that have fought you and are resisting your life. I prophesy against them. I speak against them. I say, go in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the people of God be free. Let them experience liberty. Let there be a moving forward. Let there be an increase. Let there be a stepping ahead in the name of Jesus. Let the grace of God cover you and and empower you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for every church, every ministry, and every person. Thank you that your spirit, your liquid oil, receive liquid oil and ointment from above. Receive grace and oils and ointments. Receive power from above for exploits in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing of this conference. Cause it to increase and cause the increase of your word to go forth like never before. We give you thanks. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. ABC Tonight, the next chapter of The Bachelor Journey begins. Welcome to Listen to Your Heart. Listen to your heart. 20 single musicians look for the perfect duet. When she sings to me, it just leaves me speechless. Will a passion for music lead to a lasting love? I've dreamt of being with somebody who shares the same passion that I do. Or end on a sour note? It's no fun singing a love song when you're not in love. The Bachelor presents Listen to Your Heart, a six-episode event, tonight at 8, 7 central on ABC. ABC Tonight, the next chapter of The Bachelor Journey begins. Welcome to Listen to Your Heart. Listen to your heart. 20 single musicians look for the perfect duet. When she sings to me, it just leaves me speechless. Will a passion for music lead to a lasting love? I've dreamt of being with somebody who shares the same passion that I do. Or end on a sour note? It's no fun singing a love song when you're not in love. <laughs> the Bachelor presents Listen to Your Heart, a six-episode event, tonight at 8, 7 central on ABC.